This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR. R-A-Z-O-R. Hi there, hockey fans, and welcome to PuckCast with Statsman and AJ, Rotowire's hockey podcast show. I'm Paul Bruno, and I'll remind you to follow me at Statsman22, and I'm joined as usual by AJ Scholes, who's an excellent follow for hockey fans at AJ Scholes 24, I'll spell that, A-J-S-C-H-O-L-Z-2-4. You know how I, you like how I always nod to the U.S. there? I could say Z here and throw everybody off, A-J, but this is I'm all for it. Go for it, Paul. Embrace the Z. I I think that our U.S. (laughs) listeners can figure it out. (laughs) A-J, this is our last show before the holidays. I have plans in and around the greater Metro Toronto area with family and friends and not having far to travel, but I always marvel about, at some of my Rotowire buddies, such as uh, others that I've spoken to recently, that they have to travel near and far to get back to family. I think it's just a U.S. phenomenon more than a Canadian one, I guess. What are your plans, in fact? Yeah, not a, a ton of traveling for me, actually. My mom came out to, uh, to Madison, spent uh, a few days with us this past weekend. We kind of did Christmas early. Uh, and then we'll head from Madison to Milwaukee, about an hour and a half-ish uh, for where my wife's family is at. So not, uh, not too much traveling, a nice relaxing weekend. Uh, so definitely looking forward to it. And I, uh, and no- then- sorry, I, I want to get to, you mentioned your wife. I noticed that you, you posted something about a rivalry game at the college level. Why don't you tell us about a bit about that experience at home? Yeah, it's been, uh, we're a divided household when it comes to uh, college football. Uh, I'm a Badger fan, having grown up here in, in Wisconsin. Uh, but my wife went to the University of Minnesota. Uh, they do have a really good uh, graphic design program that uh, she was uh, graduated from. But she's a diehard Gopher fan. She she lives and breathes with her Gopher football. 
Uh, fortunately for me, it's been, I think, 13 years now that the Badgers have held on to the axe, but uh, I, I think eventually they're going to get one, and it's going to be a, a sad day in the Scholes household, let me tell you. <laughs> well, uh, keep the peace there, my friend. That's all I can recommend. Yeah, happy wife, happy life. Um, but yeah, as always, uh, before we get on with the program, I'll, I'll remind our listeners that throughout the week, if you have questions about your lineups, fantasy hockey, or just hockey in general, uh, give us a, a tweet and uh, we'll try and answer those questions either during the podcast or, or during the week. Uh, you can follow me again, as Paul said, AJ Scholes 24, and you can follow Paul the Statsman at Statsman 22. Very good. And, you know, we've been getting a lot of great questions, more and more volume in terms of the questioning uh, on a weekly basis. And I sure enjoy talking about the trades that people are talk, uh, looking at in their leagues or who to keep and who to drop. I know you're getting the same thing. Uh, keep those thoughts coming, friends, and uh, we hope that we can give you the best uh, advice that we can come up with between the two of us. We won't always agree either, which is kind of interesting in a couple of conversations that we've had with some of our listeners too. So all fun and games, and that's what, it, what it's all about here at the, at the podcast. Uh, uh, with 30 teams, AJ, there's no shortage of topics on a weekly basis, so let's pick away and, uh, at things and... Uh, and look at the stuff that caught our attention in the hockey world over the past week. Uh, we do a sweep of 30 teams in, in uh, 30 minutes or so. We'll try and keep it to, to that level again today. Uh, I got a close-up look at Anaheim last night, AJ, and uh, I marvel at uh, Ryan Kessler. This guy has really turned back the clock, and he's playing some fantastic hockey, winning face-offs that are better than a 60% clip. And I don't know if you saw the winning goal, but you certainly probably missed the preamble unless you watched the game. When they were lining up for a face-off on the deciding goal, Kessler actually moved uh, the point man uh, who got the winning goal into the right position. Puck went right, right to him, and he scored after three seconds after the puck drop, and that was the deciding factor. He beat uh, a Leaf rookie on that power play. Freddie Gauthier was up for a cup of coffee because the Leafs are thin at center. But this jo- just goes to show you that some guys who play that middle position really know what they're doing in the faceoff dot. Kessler certainly one of them. And uh, along with that, uh, I was concerned about the subpar goaltending that I've been hearing about with Anaheim, but John Gibson put on an amazing show last, on Monday night and really was responsible for them to stealing the win. What can you tell me about both of these guys from your perspective? Yeah, I, I like what you're, uh, you're selling there, Paul, about faceoffs. I think it's an underrated part of the game, um, but it's essential. You know, it keeps you in the offensive zone. Uh, and it gets you out of the defensive zone when you can win those. And, you know, a 60 percent, uh, you know, win percentage is is outstanding. Um, and it's definitely a, an unheralded part of the game. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned John Gibson. He did have, as you mentioned, a good outing last night. But uh, I do think, you know, letting Anderson go in the offseason is, is starting to maybe look like a bad idea. Um, I definitely like what. Uh, you know what uh gibson has to has to offer in some cases but i don't think he's got the same level of consistency that you're getting out of anderson and it's interesting that uh they should make a comment about gibson during the broadcast i'm talking when they were referring to speaking with the journalists there they're they're saying that he's uh, struggling with the the full-time role but uh, they're taking taking a look in toronto and thinking maybe they they didn't pick the right guy after all because they really like what they've seen out of out of uh, the leaf goalie freddie anderson of late we'll get into that a little bit later uh, in terms of the boston bruins i mean arizona club max domi got his hand injured in a fight that's got to disturb his father on a couple of counts i would say uh, aj <laughs> I, I i i'm concerned about the gap that this leaves in this lineup though because he's one of their go-to guys offensively 
in terms of picking up the slack, we have to come up with names to, uh, that might step up. I'm going to give you two to think about that I might recommend. I look for Tobias Reeder to take more time up on the power play and Lawson Krause. A big uh, specimen who's highly skilled and a recent draft pick. He's also going to get some of these minutes. Which of these two would you be likely to grab if you had the choice? Yeah, I uh, I would go with Kraus, but I I don't want to forget about Anthony Duclair either. I think he can certainly add some value. Um, if he gets some extra opportunities, maybe he can jumpstart him a little bit. And uh, great point there, Paul, with uh, 3,515 penalty minutes in his career, you would think Ty Domi would have taught his kid how to fight um, <laughs> and not break his hand. But a- apparently that's not a lesson that got passed down from father to son there. It's funny you say that because uh, he's he's done well in a lot of scraps in his short career, but this one went, went south in a big hurry when he hurt his hand. I guess you can't account for the fact that these guys are hitting plastic helmets with often as, as they are uh, faces or other body parts on, on opposing fighters so maybe you can't maybe you can't teach that uh, how to avoid the plastic uh, tough, <laughs> tough deal for Max Domi though he's gonna be gone for quite a while and that's got to hurt uh, Domi owners but this is a guy that's a long-term keeper I think in that environment uh, over in Boston this is a team that's kind of going the other way uh, they're they're not hitting on all cylinders and certainly they got to be troubled by the fact that they're going to be without their top scorer David Pasternak this guy's got 19 goals AJ the second best on the club is Marchand Marchand with nine so that's quite a gap he had surgery to remove a bursa sack on his elbow Uh, scoring along this lineup the rest of the way has been very modest so they're really going to miss this guy I don't think it's a long-term absence though so people who have Pasternak don't fear this guy will be back I just don't think it'll be any time in the next week or so in my opinion yeah i think it's interesting that this is the second time we've uh seen uh one of these injuries this year I, i'm wondering are, are guys not wearing elbow pads anymore or, or what's going on there um but i i do think this could be a good uh chance for noel uh Asayari to maybe step up and uh you know produce a little bit he's kind of a younger guy um that maybe could show some flashes he's not going to replace pastor nick certainly um but he could maybe help uh, be a little bit of a stopgap in the short term i like that call achari is a guy that they uh, they've bounced around the lineup he he doesn't have any goals to his credit but uh, certainly has a bit of a a profile that they like and so i think this is where you look uh, to the depths of a boston roster they seem to find people to fit into roles and it wouldn't surprise me if this guy takes advantage like you say uh, we'll move on though and uh, look at other clubs we got to go go quickly through this because there's a lot to talk about uh, buffalo sabers matt molson's minutes are up in the last week this is a guy that's been a one-way player throughout his career aj his time in the islanders was marked by the same thing when he was up with Tavares, he would score regularly but the defensive side of the puck is foreign to him uh, we're watching the fact that he's up four minutes per game uh, in terms of playing time, and he's responded with three points in his last three outings. Uh, also, Evander Kane has six points in seven games. Jack Eichel, eight points in nine games. It seems like the return of Eichel has really sparked this offense, and I'm calling it a rising tide lifting all boats now that almost all hands are on deck. How do you like that for uh, a bit of a thing to make you think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely agree. They're a surging team. And, uh, you know, for our listeners out there, I actually think they'd be a great stack tonight against Florida, who's, uh, a, you know, a, a dipping uh, team. They're definitely in the dumps right now. Um, they have just, you know, uh, you know, 15 goals in their last five for Buffalo. Uh, but I do the one hang up here. I've mentioned it almost every week. I think they need to transition to Andrew Nilsson. 
uh, so that they don't let that offensive talent completely go to waste behind Robin Lerner. Yeah, not a Robin Leonard fan. I still like him of the two, but uh, it remains to be seen if he, if either one of them can hold the fort or is really the top level caliber goalie they need over here over there. Uh, after uh, talking about goalies, after a real hot streak, Chad Johnson has cooled off in his last two starts. AJ giving up a total of eight goals on fi- only 50, sh- 50 shots. Brian Elliott owners such as myself in a in a deep keeper league. He's not my first option, but I, I want to see him playing. We should expect to see him get a, a start or two very soon, and he better make it a good one because uh, Chad Johnson's been exceptional. And uh, it's funny how uh, a hot scoring streak can cool down some trade rumors. That's exactly what's happened with Dougie Hamilton, and all things are quiet around him except for the fact that he's scoring and he's up near the top of the ladder in terms of Calgary's offense. I think uh, you're going to hear those trade rumors pick up closer to the deadline. Teams are always looking for an offensive-minded uh, blue liner like that. I think as Calgary kind of figures out that they're maybe not really in it, which I don't think they're going to be uh, in the end, they may start looking to sell. You know, and Elliot did finally get uh, a start last night, uh, made 25 of, of a possible 27 saves in a win. Um, but I think it's a little too late. I mean, it's his first win since October 28th. Uh, so I think it's a little too late. I think Chad Johnson's firmly taken over the starting role there, and I don't see him uh, giving that up anytime soon. AJ, uh, I used to talk when I, I was preparing for season-long drafts about putting a, lot, a big X through a, lot, a, lot, a couple of rosters where I didn't see a lot of value. I forced myself to go digging a little bit in Carolina, and I've come up with a couple of guys that I'm going to keep an eye on in the next little while because this is a goal-starved club, and they're looking for any, bar, any spark. They've got a couple of guys that have shown me something in the last week. One, Brock McGinn, who's chipped in with three points in his last five games. He's currently slated to get top line minutes, but for me, the other guy who keeps he keeps finding a way to get on the score sheet with a regular on a regular basis, even though he doesn't get a lot of acclaim, he's a veteran. Is Lee Stempniak? I've seen this guy produce in the top six role, uh, as you have with Boston and Jersey in recent years. He's doing it again in Carolina. Are you interested in either of these guys as a stopgap? I'm not. I, I'm with you on the big X through this team. Uh, the only way I'm I'm diving into this team is if I'm in a dynasty league and you know building for the future. I, I like some of their younger guys, Sebastian Aho, uh, even uh, Tara Vanen, I think can can be a solid play in, in the future. So unless I'm looking to build long term, I'd stay away from this club. All right, <laughs> you can make an easy case for that for sure. Uh, in Chicago, Jonathan Taves is back, but. AJ, this guy still only has 14 points in 25 games. That's well off his career norms, which would put him at about a 60, 70, 70 point pace. Right now, he's he's going to be life and death to get 50 at this pace. That's subpar for him, I think. Uh, they're they're a little thin at center as Anisimov is now sidelined with with his own uh, troubles, so they can't seem to keep their their top guys in order. But the big news is in goal as, as Corey Crawford is nearing a return, and that's fabulous information for Chicago fans. They've certainly weathered the storm in his absence, but having these two guys back in the fold, they're already at the top of the Western Conference. I, I think this is still a year where you have to fear the, red, uh, the Black Hawk. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I, I think they're a, a dangerous team, especially if they're you know on the you know, down a little bit and, and maybe uh, looked at as an underdog. I think that's going to fuel this team because they've been one of the most dominant franchises in the league the last several years. And I, 
I agree that uh, Taves is having a down year, but I'm not too worried about it. You know, uh, Panarin's really been stepping up lately. He's got four straight multi-point games. Uh, and then, you know, down on the, the bottom six, uh, I look for Tyler Mott to maybe fill in for some of that production while Anisimov is out of the lineup. Good call there. I think he's a guy that steps up uh, in both our uh, our minds to, to take up some of that slack. They just seem to always find a guy, and, and uh, kudos to them and their management team for, for being in that position. Uh, Colorado, you know, this is a team, they're in the bottom of the league, but you start to name some of the top players on this club, Duchesne, Landeskog, McKinnon, none of them is over 25 years old. They've got some great offensive pieces here, and they're, but other than that, there's not a whole lot that I hang my hat on. I, I've said over and over that I like Eric Johnson, who scored four points in six games, but now he's on the injury reserve. They just can't seem to catch a break. I'm beginning to think that Patrick Waugh had it right by... Uh, by leaving this organization at the beginning of the season not not overseeing the debacle that's unfolded here but uh, it's not all that bleak is it from, from your perspective i think it is uh, it keeps getting you know it's going bad from bad to worse um and this is another team where, where i'm pulling out that that red pen and marking that big x through them again you know the guys you highlighted great for for our dynasty uh league listeners out there but otherwise you know i'd, I'd avoid them although again you know in daily formats uh, is going to be the same. There are some pieces that you can pick up if they've got a good matchup for daily. Um, but as far as season long goes, uh, my, my red pen is in full force here. <laughs> well, one team that will not be anywhere near any red pens for a while looks like is the Columbus Blue Jackets. This is the league's hottest team right now with nine victories in a row. They're getting great offensive production from four lines. When you look at the fourth line, in fact, names like Hartnell and Gagne are on it. Look at the stat lines. 17 points and plus eight for Hartnell. And Gagne is there with 22 points and a plus nine. People have been waiting on Gagne particularly to be uh, a, a key offensive part anywhere. But he certainly seems to have find it, found his groove here. He was the most added guy in, in fantasy hockey uh, leagues last week. Uh, has he made a believer out of you yet? They have, uh, un- unfortunately, in a lot of ways uh, for, for my Penguins. But I, I, what I find interesting is I keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know, this team has been kind of... Um, you know, down middle of the division for a long time. And so I've, I've been waiting all year long. Okay. When are they going to start playing bad? When are they going to start playing bad? And it just isn't happening. They're, they're really stepping it up. And I do have to uh, give a tip of the cap to John Tortorella uh, for becoming the first U S born coach to reach 500 wins. Uh, it's a, it's a great stat for him uh, shows, you know, that we do know what we're talking about down here, uh, south of the border when it comes to hockey so uh you know job well done by him you know what that's a great mention because uh, every time we see a soundbite uh, of tortorella it's because he's going off on some reporter or or on some sort of a tirade but he's been around long enough to accumulate that record and uh he's part of a rare circle there kudos to him and the way he's turned this club around uh makes me look good though because i had this pegged in the preseason uh, prognostication <laughs> so i feel good about that aj uh, over in Dallas, we know all about their big scorers too, but they have another guy who's factored into the offense, and he's part of a dying breed, I think, uh, I want to point out. Antoine, Antoine Roussel riding shotgun on the top six play, uh, forwards. He's got 17 points and 85 penalty minutes. You know, it wasn't too long ago I was involved in leagues, and there must still be some out there where they emphasize uh, guys with a certain threshold of penalty minutes as a power forward category. And when you get a guy who can score as well as get the penalty minutes, you're going to be off to the races in your in your pools and, uh, that have those those categories. Uh, 
he's a very valuable guy uh, on this roster too because he protects some of the guys that are uh, skill only players like uh, like uh, Sagan perhaps or maybe to a lesser extent uh, Jamie Benn these guys aren't going to make a parade to the penalty box but they're certainly going to lead this club in scoring how important is it to have a guy on uh, on your team that that can do this role AJ in this, crucial. In this NHL I think yeah it's it's crucial I think at any level um, I, I think what's interesting is you know I don't know that anybody really expected, you know, Roussel to be on that top line or to be producing at this level. Uh, certainly the, the penalty minutes, I think, were a little bit expected, but that's what they ask out of him. I think the scoring becomes a bonus. And I do think a lot of it goes back to all the injuries that Dallas had earlier in the season. He was kind of forced into action and, and really uh, required to step up if this team was going to keep uh, producing and, and stay in the hunt. So kudos to him. Uh, AJ, our, our hockey uh, lead uh, leader, uh, Mike G, over at Rotowire headquarters, might want to turn up the volume when he hears the podcast at this stage because I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to have to say something that's going to make me swallow hard. But the hot stick in Detroit belongs to Thomas Vanek with a goal and five helpers in his last six games. Uh, that's a shout out for a rare shout out that I give this guy. And uh, Mike, you can now note that I did say something nice about him finally. <laughs> However, he's an anomaly here in Detroit, AJ. Look at Henrik Zetterberg, their leading point getter, only 21 points. He's on a pace that's well below what we expect from him. He only has six goals. This, in fact, is starting to look like a year that ends the NHL best playoff streak in Detroit. So I guess, uh, Mike. And, and Jeff Erickson, two uh, staunch Red Wing uh, fans. You know, I, I guess I give to you guys with one hand, but I took it away with the other. AJ, what's your view on the Detroit situation here? I really like some of their, their youngsters, uh, Larkin, Mantha, AA. Uh, you know, and I've learned as in my limited experience as a, as a hockey fan compared to, you know, your breadth of knowledge, Paul, uh, never to count out the Red Wings until all 82 games have been played. I don't see that uh, that playoff streak ending this year. I think they'll grind it out uh, and, and get in there. You know what? I've been at this for a long while, and I've, I've counted this team out a couple of times. I hesitate to do it again, but I'm really close to pressing that button. And uh, maybe I will officially in a couple of weeks make another election-type call that says uh, <laughs> they will or they won't. So stay tuned. Well, I'm ready to take your loony on this one. I'm, oh. I'm still on the wing. So if All you right. want to put it out there, I'll take it. I think you're just doing it for Mike and Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Edmonton Oilers, you look at the standings today. Here we are in mid-December. This is a team that's normally out of the playoff hunt altogether in the last few years. But they're four games over 500 right now, AJ. Are you buying into this team? Tell me why I or why not. Yeah, I started very high on this squad. They've got a, a lot of young talent. I am concerned about Puya Jarvi's lack of production, uh, which has understandably seen him uh, get uh, relegated to the healthy scratch role. And I do think the Darnell Urs nurse injury is going to expose uh, a, a glaring lack of depth on their blue line so i'm, I'm concerned going forward I, i've been high on them i've expected good things out of them but i there's certainly some uh you know red flags out there for me well and for me that one thing that i i mentioned a few weeks ago is what you highlighted pulley was the third draft pick overall edmonton's done what they always do with their top draft picks throw them right into the wolves and let them sink or swim but a lot of other, most other teams would give the guy a chance to go back to junior or back to the or to the minors to, to get some seasoning, and and throwing the guy to the wolves, uh, throwing a lot of players to the wolves has really 
caused uh, a lot of uh, the young guys here in Edmonton to, to have, see their career, early career path take a sideways turn. I don't like the way they handled this situation. I'll be very frank. It's maybe the one blemish that I see on a team that's finally looking like they're getting it right, though uh, the rest of the roster seems to be pulling together, and, and they are uh, currently right now in, in the thick of the playoff hunt in the Western Conference, and that part at least is nice to see, AJ. But uh, what about what's going on in Florida? We touched on this a little bit last week, and certainly uh, with Donald Trump's re- recent call to uh, hire the owner of the Florida Panthers, that might be a bonus for the for the club because ever since this guy stuck his nose into the, uh, his team's business uh, the team's fortunes have, have taken a far different turn than i than i expected uh that's the downside here in terms of what's going on in sunrise florida but it's worth noting on the positive that jonathan huberdo one of their linchpins offensively who's missed the whole season to date is on the current road trip with the club he he would be an instant start uh, in my mind, uh, in fantasy circles, if you have a chance to get him, uh, to pick him up right away because he's going to hit the ice, and I think he's going to be in top form very, very soon for this club. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I don't think uh, just getting Huberto back is going to be enough to right the ship. Uh, it's definitely sink or, sink or swim time in, in Florida, and if I had to put my money on it right now, I'd put it on sink. I just There's something going on there. They didn't change the team that much from last year um it's just uh it's kind of uh mind-boggling to be honest with you trying to figure out what uh what is happening that one injury to to one guy could really set them back this much i mean huberto as you mentioned is a great talent so maybe it is that um but i think there's a, a deeper problem here well, and I wonder if there's a bit of a problem in Los Angeles because uh, ordinarily we don't worry about this club during the regular season. They just seem to grind it along in the first half and then they go nuts in the second half and they're trouble for everybody in the playoffs. But I'm a little concerned about the disparity that I see. They're kings at home, but poppers on the road. There's, uh, that's an unusual difference between their one-loss record, home and away. Well, there's a number of improved Western clubs that uh, they can't afford to fall behind too many of these guys. There's the new kids on the block that are making that tra- trip to the playoffs a little more difficult in the western conference can this team continue to continue to f- flounder uh, the way they have been i don't think so as you mentioned they're they're clinging to that wild card spot um, but there's some talented teams you know right there in it uh, the jets the stars the predators are all right on the cusp and i i think those teams have too much momentum too much talent uh that the kings aren't going to be able to hold them off i you know i don't know what it uh, what they could offer it at the trade deadline to maybe boost some scoring. Uh, maybe if they get quick back, they can, you know, trade away Budai to maybe get something for him uh, to add some additional, you know, scoring or, or even blue line depth. I think the only thing that's been keeping them in games of late has been Budai, to be honest. And in, in Minnesota, we're talking about the hottest team in the Western Conference. Uh, that You don't say that too often, uh, or I haven't said it too often in the last several years, but right now the Wild have it all going their, their way with seven victories in a row. We know all about the defensive side of the puck and Dubnik's excellence, excellence, but they're getting some consistency up front offensively, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, they're getting scoring from all three of their, their top lines. Um, but obviously the, the linchpin, as we've highlighted the last couple of weeks, is a, a resurgent Eric Stahl. Uh, he needs just nine more points uh, to tie his total from last year. Uh, so definitely, you know, was kind of a steal for them, I think, after the, you know, 
changing teams last year. Uh, his numbers were down, and I think he's going to go down as you know one of the significant signings of of the 2016-17 season. You know, as a Toronto fan, one of the things that I look for is anything that smells like a downturn in Montreal. And I'm going to point one out today. I want to see if you, how you feel about this as a more dispassionate person in this, in this <laughs> circumstance. After two blowout victories, uh, which were preceded by a couple of injuries to Dejarne and Galchenyuk weakening this club at center, I thought, is there nothing that's going to stop this club? But the fact of the matter is they've only scored five goals in their last three games, and they might finally be starting to miss these two pivots. I smell a bit of a downturn here, and it doesn't help that Shea Weber, who was, played at a, was playing at a superhuman level earlier on, has cooled off considerably. He's pointless in his last nine games. Yeah, I think the, the injuries definitely are hurting their scoring ability. Um, I'm not too worried about Weber. He's got that veteran pre- presence. He's been through this before. He'll shake it off eventually. Um, and I I don't agree on the downturn. When you've got Carey Price in goal, it's hard to count you out at any point. I know that's tough to hear for you, Paul, but uh, as long as as long as Carey's between the pipes, I don't think Montreal is going anywhere. I want one more guy to run him in the crease, maybe. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, no. I don't wish injury on anybody. He's a great player, and certainly your comment is legitimate that that he's definitely the reason why you can't expect Montreal to go into the dumper as long as they have the all-world goalie back there. He's, you know, it's it's difficult to say, but every once in a while I find one one member of that club who I can really stomach. I have to go all the way back to Ivan Cornway for the last one. <laughs> so it's been a while. Over in Nashville, Mike Fisher is uh, most widely known as a defensively responsible forward, but he's a popular ad this past week with four goals. Uh, he gets, he's got very, very little downside to his game, so he's a solid replacement piece in season-long play if you're struggling at the center position, but he can, he can even play on the wing for you. So uh, what do you think about uh, his profile uh, with Nashville? I think some people might get scared off by seeing Fisher listed as their third-line center, um, and my advice is don't be. Um, he gets, you know, time on, on both the power play and the penalty kill. He's racking up a ton of points. Um, so this is one of the few situations. I know we talk about checking the depth charts um, all the time Great. and making sure that your guys are going to be, you know, you want as many of those top six guys as you can. But I think this is uh, the exception to the rule here. And, and don't be worried about what line uh, Fisher's playing on. I, I look for him to continue to produce regardless of where they line him up. And another team that has uh, caused me to forego the big red X that I, that I like to give this team is the New Jersey Devils. Uh, a couple of guys, veteran guys, are, are clicking a little bit right now. Adam Henrique and Mike Camilleri. Uh, they've been helped along, though, by a young guy, Miles Wood. He's uh, the son of former NHLer Randy Wood, who was a pretty capable third-line type. Miles Wood, hoping to carve at least the same niche as his father did, might be worth a bit of a look here because this is a team that is constantly looking for young offensive guys to fit into their lineup. They seem to have relied on veterans for a long while. I want to see a young guy or two make the grade here. Is Miles Wood one of those possibilities in your mind? I think it's a little too soon to jump on on the Miles Wood train. Again, I'll give a tip uh, of the cap out there to our uh, dynasty and, and keeper league uh, listeners this is another one that you may want to take a look at but as far as you know redraft leagues I just think it's a little too early to to be playing him you know he's a, a great BC product it's it's always nice to have more of these guys in the league they do great things over there in Boston College um, and you know I just I expect the usual ups and downs of, of a rookie 
um, and possibly for him to even see some time in the minors again this year. So if I'm in a redraft league, I'm not pulling the trigger quite yet, but definitely a a guy to keep an eye on. And maybe the third team that that falls into this same list of uh, concerns to find quality anywhere this is the new york islanders this team is reeling again they've lost five in a row and are trying to change things up one alteration with good early returns is giving uh, a kid like alan quine some ice time he's picked up two points in the last three games one other guy who may be considered among the few dependable offensive contributors is brock nelson who's got four points in his last seven games I think I I start I like what I see in this Nelson kid. He's got good size, good skills, uh, and good hands. And uh, we're seeing some offense from him. Of the two, I think he's definitely the guy that I would lean on. But don't sleep on Quine if he gets uh, top six minutes here too. Those are definitely both great uh, great players to highlight and, and to keep an eye on. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, Paul, you threw it out there that this was a team that needed to blow it up and start over. I cautioned our listeners that it was too soon. Um, I'm going to accept the fact that I was wrong on this one. I think you were right. Um, I think it is time to, to blow it up. You've got one star uh, on one line. Yeah. You've got one defender in Hamannick and honestly, too many goalies. Uh, so not enough talent in, in one spot and too much middling talent in another. Um, I'm finally ready to agree with you, Paul blow it up start over uh there's just nothing i think that they can do to kind of retool this this organization i think they need to start from scratch so you're going to help me fuel the rumors that john tavares is coming to toronto right we have to have some superstar coming back to toronto every year don't we i mean that wouldn't be a bad spot for him there's a ton of young talent uh that he can play with that he can uh, kind of groom and mold into you know his uh his liking i i actually think that's a great spot for him to go Oh, my God, you're making my heart flutter here. <laughs> this is too exciting. He's going to replace the Stamkos talks that dominated the airwaves. I think that's going to happen sooner rather than later, too. But this is a more sensible case where the uh, weather won't be a, an attraction for, for Tavares to stay there. And uh, he'll be 28 uh, when the contract expires. He's 28 when the contract expires next at the end of next season. So let the rumors begin. You started it. I'm not going to take credit for it. Uh, the Rangers. Uh, talking about New York area clubs, there's no weaknesses here at all, AJ. This is maybe the best team in the league that we've seen so far this year. Uh, I don't know how you feel about swallowing that pill, but one of the guys who was has been a factor, uh, just can't stay healthy, is Rick Nash. He's on a tear with four goals and two assists in his last seven games, but lo and behold, groin injuries have, have uh, hampered him, and, and he's uh, down again. I don't hope it's not a long-term thing, but if it is, you know, keep an eye on this guy because he's a big man with a huge skill set. And I think when he returns, he's another guy that you put back into your lineup right away. Yeah, definitely agree with you there, Paul. Uh, Nash has is, is definitely been a, a strong talent when he's on the ice. Obviously, the injuries have been the biggest concern for his career so far. Um, the other major uh, news out in New York is that it seems like the uh, four goal, uh, four game benching for King Henrique has definitely settled in. He's uh, on a three game win streak that includes a point nine eight goals against wow. over that and one shutout. So it, it seems like uh, they knew what they were doing there. Gave it to Ranta, who was phenomenal uh, in his four outings. Got to you know get uh, Henrik back on his on his game and and they look unstoppable, except perhaps maybe when their kryptonite comes to town tonight. Yeah, maybe 
they won't uh, that win streak will end uh, fingers crossed there for some of us I know you're going to be watching it you know what I'll tune it in just for entertainment's sake too that should be a heck of a game between your pens and the New York Rangers my my team that I think that well they're not my team but I think they're the, my pick to be the best team in the league so far this year uh, that I've seen anyway over in Ottawa this is maybe the surprise team in the Eastern Conference and uh, a surprise contributor is Ryan Zingle who's been a part of the top six here. He was picked in the last round back in 2011. Not too many guys from that far back in the draft make a contribution, but he's making a sizable one in Ottawa, and uh, they're getting a lot of mileage out of him. Yeah, he's, he's on a four-game point, uh, four point streak right now, and the team itself has 12 goals in their last three contests. They may finally be finding a little bit of that scoring touch. Unfortunately, when they couldn't score, their goaltending was good. And now that they are scoring, they're having troubles in goal. So uh, this is a team that if they can put it all together, could make you know a run at the playoffs. But uh, so far, they just haven't been able to figure it out. Well, that's right. It seems like uh, it all goes south or it all goes north. This is a team that uh, that's, uh, confused me this year. But uh, Ottawa fans have to be happy with the fact that at least they found another player that can contribute to the offense and maybe they can get the goaltending back to where it was a couple of weeks ago now aj before we went to air one of the things that i prepped you on was my thought thoughts on philadelphia just because i know it's hard for you to talk about this club (laughs) as a mortal rival of your pens but in for for the longest time uh the defensive was the weak weakness of of this franchise i think though that i like the current crop that they've assembled on that blue line and I want you to give me your slant on this as much as it might pain you. <laughs> yeah, I agree, Paul. They they have a really good talent. I actually think uh, maybe losing Mark Streit for a few games can be a good thing for them. I think it's going to allow them to uh, use Radko Gudis. You know, you add in Brandon Manning and uh, Gostas Bear. That's a young young talent that will get a chance to kind of test themselves in, in more uh, pronounced roles with Stripe back. And it, it doesn't seem like it's a long-term injury there either. So once they get him back, this could be uh, as hard as it is to say one of the best defensive groups uh, in the league right now. Yeah. And it's interesting to note that the three kids are, there's three kids and three veterans. So it's a very nice blend. Uh, Manning certainly got into a lot of headlines for his work against McDavid. And the fact that he was, uh, almost admitted that he was trying to hurt him last year. That came out that gave him some notoriety. But this kid's played pretty effective hockey with 18 minutes of playing time on a regular basis. And, of course, Gosses Bears finally got his game in order and looking like the star that he came to be last year. I've already talked about Provorov, but uh, on the on the veteran side, you've got Andrew McDonald, who is a, is a capable scorer. He's not scoring a lot, but he's got a plus record, and he's gobbling up 20 minutes of playing time as well. So that's a pretty good mix, along with the 11 points that he has. And then uh, uh, you mentioned Strike, the veteran there. Uh, and Michael Del Zotto is a guy that, that can't even crack this group. So there's six or seven guys that deep, and uh, it's pretty good quality that we don't usually get to talk about in Philly. So we will today. Now we finally come around to your club. Uh, I'm going to tease you a bit here, though, because I went to a hockey game on Saturday night that featured both of our teams, and my team came out on top, so yay for me. Uh, But I also (laughs) noticed that uh, the defenseman Schultz has been getting uh, a lot of playing time. He's on the number one unit. This team is banged up on the blue line. Maybe it's a lot more to do with Chris Letang's absence, but what do you expect from Jeff Schultz? I think the interesting part about uh, Schultz is that he was kind of producing and, and starting to you know, contribute offensively before Tanger got hurt. I actually view this as, as the opposite. 
you know, with Tanger out, Daly's out as well. You know, they're going to press Justin Schultz into a more prominent role, and I don't think that's where he thrives. I, I actually expect a little bit of a drop off from him now that he's you know being asked to do more. I think he thrives more in that kind of underrated uh, bottom pairing, you know, kind of role. Um, you know, where he, the pressure's not on. So I'm, I'm looking for a drop off from him actually. And yeah, you, you mentioned Paul, uh, the win, that was a tough one for me. I, I don't, I don't like the fact that I feel like with all their offensive talent, the penguins should be one of the best overtime teams in the league. Yeah. And now they've dropped two in a row, uh, in the extra session. So, uh, it was tough to watch, you know, good, good for you. A, a nice solid win. Um, nine point nine games in a row with a point for the Penguins. So at least they got the one point uh, in the overtime loss. And before uh, the Schultz family calls me, I think I called him Jeff. It's Justin Schultz, of course, as you mentioned. This guy's got a plus 18 record uh, to go with his 18 points. So uh, anybody that bought low on him uh, could be in a position to sell high right now if they take your advice and hope that other friends aren't listening. That would be an interesting circumstance. I don't know how long... Uh, our friend uh, their top defenseman Chris Letang is out of the lineup I don't think it's a lengthy injury absence they can't ill afford to be without him though AJ yeah especially not I mean not with Daly out the two of them have kind of as one's gotten injured the other one stepped up and having them both out is is a huge impact you know it it forces some guys uh, you know Stephen Oleski uh, who hasn't done much uh, in his career, Derek Pouliot, who hasn't lived up to expectations. So it's forcing guys into a lineup who are really untested, um, and it definitely makes me nervous. <laughs> well, you've been on top of things in the hockey and football. We'll get into that football success, too, in a little bit, too. So it's good to – you need a little stress in your life, I think, and uh, <laughs> to keep things in balance, AJ. It can't be all rosy all the time. <laughs> San Jose Sharks, people who bought in on Mark Edward Vlasic based on his career year last year must be a little bit disappointed. This guy's only got seven points in 31 games. Along with that, Thomas Hurdle's injury uh, has uh, kind of hampered this offense. Uh, but I will also note that the, this is giving now a kid like a Kevin LeBanc a shot at the second line. Uh, this is a lot of veterans on this club. Uh, this kid, though, has got two goals in his last six games, and he's well insulated over there. An interesting situation, but I want you to comment on Vlasic's downer season and uh, what kind of profile you expect from LeBanc in the next little while. I'm actually not uh, as high on LeBanc as you might be, Paul. He, he doesn't have any points in the last four, um, which I think is probably more consistent with where he's at. I think the hurdle injury is is significant. And, uh, you know, the, the one kind of interesting thing is they haven't provided any sort of timeline on, on when he might be back. So it could be as early as, you know, it could be tonight. Um, it could be in another week. Just there hasn't been a lot of information coming out there. And, yeah, you mentioned Vlasic's down year. Um, you know, normally he's he's racking up the assists. He's, he's not necessarily a prominent goal scorer, um, but he just hasn't been able to, to find his teammates at, at kind of the same clip that he has in the past. Um, I don't know if that's a, necessarily a reflection on him or more a reflection on, you know, his line mates just not being able to convert. You know, uh, with the St. Louis Blues, I've been touting this team as one of the deepest four-line clubs in the NHL, but they certainly aren't getting much from their veteran centers, Jory Laterra and Paul Stastny of late. In fact, they've totaled 15 assists all year long. I'd like to see them move Alex Steen into the middle of the ice and see if his playmaking stirs things up a little bit. He actually has one fewer assists than that, than that duo combined. What do you think about that possibility? 
I like it. I'm, I'm actually not sure why they keep putting guys like uh, Neil Yakupov and, and Jas, uh, Dmitry Jaskin up on that top line with Schwartz and Stastny. I think this is actually where I'd like to see Steen uh, maybe on the wing of that top line or, or at least David Perron up there. Um, you know, I, I agree. I, I think Steen's being wasted on that third line. He's a top six player and he needs to get top six minutes. So we're the fans of the president and vice president of the Steen fan club. Okay, that's good to know. <laughs> Tampa Bay Lightning, this is a club that's dealing with a rash of injuries like Dallas did earlier in the season. Now we see Andrej Palat and, uh, and Kucherov, Nikita Kucherov, joining Stamkos and others on the in, a lengthy injury list. Is it any wonder that this team is 2-6-2? Two, two? I thought last year that they overcame a lot of injury issues and a lot of offside ice stuff, but they never, never struggled like this, and I'm a little bit concerned about what's going on in Tampa right now. Yeah, it's, in my opinion, it's not really surprising at all. You know, you look at that top line, and it's Corey Conacher and Eric Condra playing with Tyler Johnson. Um, I do think maybe they slot Druin up there. Um, to help kind of carry the load a little bit, but uh, they're going to really need to to cling, uh, you know, to their their spot and try and weather the storm while these guys are out because they're just they're lacking the depth and, and talent. Uh, I think to to really make a, a strong push if these guys are sidelined for too long. Now, AJ, you know that I'm a stats guy, and I, and I cling to stuff that kind of tries to make my team look good. And I point out to you and our <laughs> listeners that the Leafs are second in the entire league in average shots on goal per game. Your Penguins are number one. Great stat, in my opinion, Paul. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I, I got to hang my head on it. While my team is struggling to find a playoff spot uh, for ten years, I guess. Freddie Anderson has won me over in goal as well uh, with his play. After the first uh, couple of weeks of the season, this guy's goals against is right there among the team le- league leaders. So that's two things that I feel pretty good about. But on a nightly basis, there's at least six rookies in this lineup, and they find themselves sitting at 500. I see a light at the end of the tunnel. Though two rookie mistakes cost them last night, they're going to sink and swim with the, this young group. And uh, JVR, Jer, uh, James Van Riemdijk's rumors just seem like they're ramping up. There's a lot going on here in Toronto. Yeah, it's. You're, I think you're starting to see this team come down to earth a little bit. They had a real strong start. I think the youngsters just didn't realize that they're supposed to be nervous and, and not ready to play. And I, it's going to take them some time to get used to an 82-game grind. Mistakes are going to happen, uh, but I think you're dead on there, Paul. I think there is uh, light at the end of the tunnel, and I don't think it's a very long tunnel. I expect good things out of Toronto very soon. Oh, man, just for that, I'm going to have you up for a game here. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> the Vancouver Canucks, this is, an, uh, this is a team we can't be that positive about. This is a poor defensive club, and now they're going to be without Eric Goodbranson, who joins Alex Edler on the injury list uh, for the Blue Liners. In other news, I'm going to give our American listeners a flashback election style with a measly 14 points in 32 games. I'm ready to declare the Louis Erickson contract a huge mistake, just as I predicted in our season preview. Are you in agreement? Yeah, you're dead on, Paul. You know, $6 million per year should buy you a lot more than four points on the power play. He's logging heavy minutes, too, at 1848 per night, um, but he's just not capitalizing on the ice time. And the, the problem I see with this franchise is I'm, I'm not sure they have much to trade away to try and get better. You know, we've mentioned the Red X. I think it's time to maybe bring it out here. You know, unless they can somehow package the Sedin twins together in some sort of trade, there's just not a whole lot that they can offer to do an in-season rebuild. And I think they might need to start from scratch. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, blow up this club just as the Islanders do. We got two candidates for blowing things up, uh, one on each side of the thing, and I think both will be in the draft lottery at the end of the season. Over in Washington, this is a team that will definitely not be in the draft lottery for this year or maybe the foreseeable future. Uh, when you think of this club, though, Marcus Johansson is a guy forward that rarely gets a mention. But you've got to look at what this guy's done so far this year and consider him as maybe a, a decent add in your deeper leagues. Uh, he's got five game-winning goals, which factor into some, some season-long pool stats and certainly in the fan duel play. And he's got 22 points in 30 games. So that's pretty good production for a guy who's been uh, on the fringes of top six line play. But he does get some power play time. On the downside, though, this club, stunningly to me, is not getting a lot of offense from their blue line. And they've got a couple of guys there in Carlson and Niskanen, particularly, who I expect to be 40-point guys easily on this blue line. I'm going to definitely disagree with you there, Paul. I did not expect a whole lot from this blue line um, as far as scoring goes. You know, this. You mentioned Johansson's uh, power play ice time. He does have seven points on the power play, a, a plus six rating as well. Having a really good year. Uh, definitely a, a great pickup if you can get them uh, in any format. Um, but this team is going to live and die with number eight, who by his standards is struggling. Um, and, you know, Braden Holby and Nett, who, again, he's been solid. Uh, so they're going to live and die by those guys. And, you know, whether or not I think they can score on the blue line is just something I don't think the Capitals have really even considered just by how much scoring they normally get out of Ovechkin that they haven't needed it. Um, and so he's down. And so I think you're seeing slightly less scoring out of this team, but you know, hope he's in the cage and, and Ovi's still on the ice. So you can't count him out anytime soon. And we won't, uh, but one team that's confounded me just like Los Angeles in the terms of disparity at home and, uh, and on the road is Winnipeg. They may, may have the most rabid home fans, which makes that a real zoo to go in and play against them. But they're, they're pussycats on the road, it seems, so far this year. So that's a bit of a concern with what's going on in Winnipeg. But I also want to give a tip of the bowler to uh, Dustin Bufflin, who a couple of weeks ago I highlighted him in a negative sense because he just wasn't producing. It uh, wasn't scoring. Now he's on fire. He's got 13 points in his last 17 games. That's excellent production among the best in the league from the defensive position. Uh, I think he's right at his game. This is a, a team that confuses me, though. They've got so much great size and skill. Why are they, they such pussycats on the road? That's a hard question to answer. I, I expect a lot more from them when they do go on the road, and it's certainly something to keep an eye out for uh, in season-long or, or daily competitions. If they're away from home, you may want to stay away from them. And, yeah, you mentioned uh, Bufflin. We talked about it last week that it seems somehow – it doesn't make a lot of sense, but it seems somehow Brian Little returning to the lineup is kind of what jump-started uh, Bufflin's uh, season. I'd like to see a little more out of Drew Stafford. He's got just four points in, in 19 contests. I think if they can get him going, the Western Conference better watch out because this is a dangerous team. Yeah, I agree with you there. And uh, Speaking of dangerous teams, we're going to get to your fantasy football club in a sec, but we want to remind our listeners about FanDuel where the fantasy football fans have all the victory every Sunday, folks. Fantasy football, they're everyday fans right at FanDuel. There's new contests starting every week. No busted seasons. Just pick a contest, choose your team, and watch your score in real time. New this year, there's an upgraded experience where you get even more contest variety. There's beginner contests for new players only. Settle a score with a friend and a head-to-head -head deal. I should try that with you, AJ, before the season's out, I think. Try a 50-50 contest where the top half win cash. Play in larger tournaments for even more excitement. Play for as little as a dollar where there's choices for every budget. Now, in terms of our own FanDuel experiences, 
and uh, experiences in the Rotowire Vegas League. I know we enjoyed the first round of our uh, league playoffs because we both had a bye. For me, things didn't turn out in round two. I lost to uh, a good friend, Andre Snellings, who beat me twice this year, once in the regular season, once in the playoffs, but I still come away with a division title. You, on the other hand, will continue to go on. And then in the uh, in the uh, staff free roll, you did well at the start, but things didn't turn out for you at the end of the day. Let's go through your side of this equation. As you mentioned, another win for me in the, the Rotowire Vegas uh, season-long league. Uh, heading to the finals for for our half of the league it's actually been your dallas cowboy rookie zeke elliott that has powered me through so far uh and then yeah you mentioned the free roll contest i started off really strong um got as high as fourth place at one point um but the late games bit me you know my highest scorer was demarco murray with just 16.6 points um so certainly some gaps in my lineup there but uh, question for you, Paul, do you like to have guys in those late games to kind of avoid that false optimism? Like I said, I was in fourth uh, at one point, but ended up as low as 17th. You know what? As far as your question goes, you know what I like to do is have at least one player going in that late game, psychologically at least. It, it keeps me hopeful for a little while longer because if you don't uh, succeed early on and you haven't got anybody going in the late game, you have no chance. So it's just that little... little uh, glimmer of hope that you continue to have as long as you got somebody available to play because you cannot go down when you have somebody in the late game you can only go up and i've seen that happen to me a few times just as it has to you that quick early start and then you fade away but i've been on the other side of the equation particularly in basketball oddly enough i love to do the late players in some of those games picking some of those golden state warriors for instance and instance and and then uh, making out like a bandit at the end of the night when it didn't look all so good but uh I want to draw attention to the fact that in the Rotowire Vegas League, you took down our president, Pete Schenke, and that can work one of two ways for you, uh, my friend. So keep your <laughs> head up when Peter's around. Don't say too much. Let him, uh, let him open the conversation is my recommendation uh, to you on that score. But I'll be curious to see if he has a reaction for you. Uh, we'll remind our listeners that each week we highlight our best FanDuel plays, in fact, uh, in a series of daily uh, pods. And so we hope you tune into them Monday through Friday. Make sure you listen to them, folks. There's a lot of good information, a lot of good guys that are bringing that information forward, like myself. Uh, uh, we invite people to play in the Rotowire Championship as well by going to FanDuel.com slash Rotowire hyphen championship. Have all the fantasy football has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. There's a special offer for new users where you get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. All right, AJ, it's time to put our money where our mouth is in the daily uh, FanDuel lineups for Tuesday night. You're not surprising me with one of your offensive picks right off the top, but go through your two center picks for tonight's slate of games, please. Yeah, I mentioned uh, the kryptonite for the New York Rangers, and that seems to be Sidney Crosby and the Penguins. I'm going to pay up huge here for Sid the Kid at 9,100. Maybe not the smartest choice to put all my eggs in one basket, but I like to pick uh, where my heart is, and it makes it a little bit easier there. Uh, And then my other center you know, we mentioned uh, the Jets' struggles on the road, but in this case, they're going up against Vancouver. Brian Little's only 5,800, and so I like the matchup there, uh, and I, I think you're going to be taking advantage of that as well, just in a different format. Uh, what would you do down the middle, Paul? 
Well, what I did was I went with a guy in Winnipeg who has been very consistent scorer for them, and that's Mark Shifley. I spent a little bit less than you did on, on the top center, but more than you did on the other one. Kind of, kind of a couple of guys in the middle of the pack, but they're both firing on all cylinders uh, so far in their, in their season. Of course, the other guy I got is Jack Eichel with Buffalo at Florida. We mentioned the floundering Panthers, so I think I like my chances there of Eichel going off in that one, but certainly Shifley's got a soft matchup against Vancouver, so a, a big part of this was looking at the opponents and the quality of them. I don't mind taking either of these guys on the road, and I expect big performances from both. Your four wingers. So yeah, you mentioned matchups there, and, and one that I kind of highlighted earlier, uh, Buffalo's going into Florida, who's been uh, really struggling of late. So I'm going to start out my wingers with Kyle Ocoposo uh, for 6,200. And then again, uh, taking advantage of that New York kryptonite, I'm going to go with uh, Shiri here for 5,200 against the Rangers. Uh, and then a little bit cheaper since I spent so much. Uh, Nito Nita Ryder, 4400 for Minnesota. They're facing Colorado, who we've also said is, is a down team. And then finally, I'm going to go with uh, AA out of Detroit uh, for 3800 This was really more of a uh, pick a guy who maybe can do something because I spent so much on Sid the Kid. Uh, what'd you do for the wings, Paul? You're not going to try Athanasio? Come on, say that 10 times fast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like the abbreviation there. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm picking, uh, it pains me, but I'm going to throw a Montreal Canadian into the lineup. I like Alex R- Radeloff. This is another guy who is a gritty player, uh, and I think he gets an advantage here tonight picking on the Anaheim Ducks who are on the second of back-to-backs. They were in Toronto, of course, last night, and I wonder if we'll see Jonathan Bernier in goal. That's a red light waiting to happen. I think with this matchup if that turns out to be the case then I'll follow that up I'm going to go on both sides of that Pittsburgh Rangers game with two wingers of choice JT Miller this guy finds his way into the summary and is a real consistent contributor with the blue shirts every game it seems he's really an underrated guy and I think for $5,700 he's underpriced and on the other side of the equation Connor Sheary's playing left wing with your guy Sid the Kid at a paltry $5,200, I think that's one of the bargains on the board, AJ, and I'm surprised that you didn't put him in your lineup, but I'll gra- gladly grab him. And then a guy in New Jersey, the one one of the few guys who lights the lamp with any regularity is Mike Camilleri, a rich, fellow Richmond Hill guy, just as I am here in, in the greater Toronto area. He goes up against Nashville for $5,300. I'm all over that price tag as well. How about on the blue line, AJ? I see you're going to pick a guy that I ripped a little bit earlier on. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, as you mentioned, the, the matchup for Montreal against Anaheim is, is one that's too good to pass up. And Shea Weber, I think it's just what he needs to get back on track. Just 6,300 power play quarterback there. Uh, and then uh, for my other player, I'm going to go Johnny Boychuk with the Islanders. Um, just honestly, just trying to find a body here. I, I spent big in other places. Boychuk is he's not a bottom uh, pairing guy I think he can add some value I'm a little concerned about the matchup with Boston um, but at 4900 I, I needed somebody and like I said spent too much in other places uh, so that's uh, that's what I got how's your blue line looking well, I don't mind the pick of Boychuk at all on yours this guy's got a big shot if you can play on the power play he might un- unleash one and pay off for you there but on my I blue, hope so <laughs> on my blue line I'm gonna go and look at the Boston situation you know I, I talk about a team that you like the out once in a while 
missing David Pasternak, I think they're going to lean on the big man, the captain. Zdeno Chara is going to be a big factor in their tilt against the Islanders. We mentioned that the Islander team is in, an, in disarray, so that's another one that smells matchup to me. In fact, both my picks here are matchup-based. Uh, Chara for the Bruins for $4,700 against the Islanders. Then I pair him with Matt Dumba, a guy who they're grooming in Minnesota to eventually be a power play quarterback over there, I do believe. He's got Colorado, the worst team in the league, for $4,500. That's a home game. This is a screaming hot value to me at that low price tag. And we round out our squads in goal. You're not shocking the world with your goalie pick tonight. No, I've said it before. I got to pick with my heart. I really believe that the Penguins can come out on top against the Rangers. So I'm going with Matt Murray. Uh, Hasn't been confirmed as a starter yet. So something I got to keep an eye out for in that uh, Rotowire starting goalie grid. Um, But at 9,300, he's a little pricey, but he's been on an absolute tear. And I I just love to pick against the Rangers when I can. And uh, Uh, I don't blame you there. (laughs) (laughs) I'd so. What's it looking like in net for you, Paul? I'm going to go with Winnipeg on the road. I know I talked about their road woes, but I, I think even they can't screw this up against Vancouver. So Connor Hellybuck is my pick for $8,200. I think Edmonton, I, I mean, Winnipeg's in for a long night. This is a big physical team, and, and that's just the type of team that gives this team fits. They're very soft, particularly on the blue line, and, and I think they want to make life miserable for the Sedin twins up front as well. So I see Winnipeg having a big game and maybe an easy night for Hellybuck. Well, we turn our attention now to the stud in the rant of the week. I look forward to this every week, and uh, we really have little trouble coming up with topics here, and we have a little fun with it as well, but we get serious also with the rant, so let's do that uh, right now. Uh, With Chicago being the hottest team in the league, you got to point out the fact that this team has been doing it without their starting goalie and without their captain. There's not many teams that can say that. Uh, AJ and yet that's why I give two players a bit of a uh, nod uh, in the start of the week I'm going to go with Scott Darling who recorded four wins and he's got five straight under his belt with Crawford being out allowing a total of only 11 goals against in that stretch we keep saying it on this show but it's true we're seeing the best era of goaltending in the last 50 years right now and a lot of it has to do with the depth around the league but we can't forget about what's gone on up front you mentioned Artemi Panarin on a tear leading all shooters in the last week with 11 points in those same five games is it any wonder this club's at the top of the standings even as they uh, muddied, uh, muddled their way through the absence of their captain and with the impending return of their starting goalie yeah, absolutely not. And I think Scott Darling might be playing himself into a uh, Vegas uh, lineup with his performance this week. Uh, you know, there's a lot, as you mentioned, there's a lot of other talent out there, but uh, could be a, a hot commodity there uh, to, to snap up. And yeah, Panarin has been absolutely phenomenal. I think both these guys are, are great picks for, for stud of the week. Um, and together make uh, made it an easy choice. You know, and, and another thing that makes it an easy choice for me is watching Don Cherry regularly. This guy, he gets maligned for some of the rants that he goes on, but I'm going to pick up on one, and I think we need to champion this cause because it really needs to, to stop. And I'm talking about fouling players who are skating after an icing defense, uh, usually defensemen that are flying down the ice, trying to get to that uh, hash mark ahead of anybody else. But what we've seen in the last couple of weeks is a couple of guys get fouled from behind where, where a stick goes behind their skates, sends these guys crashing into the boards, totally not expecting that sort of thing. It's a dirty play, AJ. And I hate seeing players get shoved from behind or worse still jabbed at their feet with that air and stick, causing them to 
to face possible injury repercussions. The race is on in these situations. We know that. And injuries are once again happening on these plays. I'd like to see major penalties and suspensions handed out for this disrespect for player safety. Yeah, they went to the, you know, the race to the hash mark as a way to try and cut down on some of these injuries. And, and we definitely have seen that, I, I think, overall. Um, but this is another place that they can cut down on that even further. It is it has to be one of the most dangerous uh, plays. You know, a, a hard check in the boards can can certainly hurt, can certainly be an injury. Um, but sending a guy sprawling in on his back is, you know, not uh, not the way to go, in, in my opinion. And I agree with you. Major penalties and or suspensions should hopefully be something they look at in the future. So we're hoping to get people on that bandwagon and protect our players because that's uh, that's what drives the league, the quality of the players. We don't want to see anybody sidelined for some stupid behavior uh, or, or even carelessness. So let's keep that in mind, players, uh, at all levels. We certainly don't want to see this trickle down into minor hockey as well. That's something that's very close to me. So I like championing the idea of championing this cause, AJ. And that should wrap it up for this week's podcast with uh, Statsman and AJ. Remember to send your comments or questions on Twitter. Follow me, Paul Bruno, at Statsman22. And you can follow AJ at AJScholes24. That's AJSCHOLZ24. And uh, and uh, we ask you to look out for our podcast Hockey Pod every week, so you get all the latest news and our tips to stay ahead of the competition in your fantasy contest. So long, everybody. This is the story of Harry's. For decades, one big razor company has relentlessly increased prices and reaped immense profits at the expense of its customers. Then one day, an ordinary guy got ripped off buying razors. He was so fed up that he and his best friend started a company to fix shaving. They called it Harry's. By taking less profit and selling online, Harry's can offer quality blades for less. You can even get Harry's 5-blade razor and shave gel for free when you sign up. Just cover shipping. Click or go to harrys.com and enter code RAZOR at checkout. That's RAZOR, R-A-Z-O-R.